keeping it simple and very self-indulgent this week and also keeping it very fun. We got a music meeting with my pal Scott Mitchell and I'm going to go over my musical hot takes. I don't know how hot these takes are. That's all gonna be up to you. But I think they could be a little bit on the hot side nonetheless. So let's keep things going. This is the Tim Gavin Show, a holistic look at music and pop culture. I know I am excited to get your thoughts on all the songs that we picked out for the music meeting, starting with Alicia Keys, Love Looks Better. And I I reviewed this album on my blog. It's so good. It's and this song in particular is uh, actually a great song. I was uh, listening to it a little bit earlier, and uh, I I guess it necessarily wasn't what I expected from Alicia Keys, which was like a it was a pleasant change, if you will, from her usual stuff, which is typically more ballady and stuff like that. Yeah, but you know, once she gets on that on that more uplifting thing going on, once she has that, it is fantastic. I love the quality of the recording. Like it sounds it sounds almost like we're in the studio with her too. Like it just sounds fantastic. That being said, it's probably not going to do much just because she hasn't really had anything since Girl on Fire. Oh, for sure. But I, I think at, at this point in her career, Alicia Keys doesn't need to do that. That's you fair. Know? Like, if I'm, if I'm going to listen to Alicia Keys, like, it's at the point where I'm not just going to listen to the singles. I'm going to put on a full album. I'm just going to get that whole Alicia Keys experience going on. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we also have, and I'm going to butcher the last name because it's totally not up my alley, Greg Pucciato? Pucciato. Uh, it's very Italian then. I screwed that up. A pair of questions. Yeah, and we've talked about this guy before. He is in. He was in the Dillinger Escape Plan, one of the members of Killer Be Killed, and also frontman for the Black Queen as well. And he is a man of many different musical identities. The really big two, I'd have to say, are his metal side and his more electronic side and this really leans towards the latter and i think it's fantastic yeah when uh when you first mentioned that you know he was part of those groups uh and whatnot i was like wait a minute this didn't sound metal when i was listening to it so yeah it's totally different than what you would think yeah absolutely and this it isn't a recent song either. Like this, this song has been out since late August. It's just something that I found because I remember that he has a solo album coming out in a few weeks. Like, oh, I should check this out. And yeah, I, I wish that this wasn't released independently. I wish this was on a major label because this song is just that good. Like I could see that I could picture this being on the radio. That's fair. That's fair. Even if it's not like in regular heavy rotation or anything like that, but maybe like used as part of mix shows and stuff like that. Exactly. Like something that you have like kind of in the early evening, just when you're like driving home from a really late night session at work, it's a little bit dark out, but you're just kind of vibing on the way. And the song comes on. It's just, it's good. And I can't wait to hear the rest of this album. Tim's uh, favorite band has not one but two songs out this week. Yes, Pendulum are back after literally a decade of inactivity. They released two new songs. These songs were supposed to be released back in March. Mm. But then COVID happened. 
I wasn't even sure that we'd see they even see the light of day. But they, COVID uh, screwed a lot of things up, apparently, including music release dates. It did, but it's. I, I think the one one positive of 2020 is that the music that has come out this year, it's all been pretty darn good. And a lot of people I found have been going for instead of the typical. Uh, oh, woe is me. My boyfriend and girlfriend broke up with me. I want them back kind of thing. It's been more of the uplifting stuff. Yeah. And I think we really need more of that than ever right now. I, over the past few years, we, we've kind of noticed this with a lot of the songs that even like Hot AC and Top 40, kind of pessimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. Like it, there seemed to be this whole entire theme about it uh for the last i'd say about four or five years and yeah. and now things this year kind of turned around you know you saw like marshmallow and halsey come out with be kind and then uh, marshmallow did one with debbie lovato called okay to not be okay uh, and those types of songs just in general uh that have come out this year uh i, I feel is the more uplifting and you can kind of get the sense from that when you listen to those songs from pendulum as well Absolutely. Uh, kind of circling back to that, they released two songs that do the two things that Pendulum does back. With Driver, you have that real drum and bass bang or something that you can just like fly down the highway listening to or just like dance like a maniac at a club when all this is over. And then with Nothing for Free, you have Rob Swire's great vocals. You have that like really uplifting kind of sound, something that like it gives you hope. And I think these two songs are exactly what we need. Obviously, Driver not going to be the big radio hit. That's going to be the dance floor single. But Nothing for Free, it has potential. I think so. I think that's probably one of the more um, palatable, I guess you could say, for radio, for Pendulum, yeah. nonetheless. Uh, Sam Smith coming out with a new one called Diamonds as well. Yes, and this type of song is where... I think Sam Smith is just at their best, you know, you know, get Sam Smith with a beat going on something a little more up tempo than yes. what they normally do. I just, I love this song. It's funky. It leans a little bit into that disco throwback going on right now. This song is a bop and I love every single second of it. And it fits in well with the nostalgia that goes on in what you're seeing in Hot AC and Top 40 radio these days with that whole 70s, 80s, 90s vibe making its way into the newer music as well. Definitely. And because, you know, Justin Bieber is so popular, we got to talk about him and his new song, Holy. Okay, you know... I didn't actually mind this one in comparison to Yummy or Intentions or anything that was off of that uh, that whole album. Yeah, but it, it kind of serves the same purpose as Holy by Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah. basically take me to church for people who don't understand symbolism whatsoever. Yeah, um, as soon as I saw that Justin Bieber released a song called Holy, I was like, okay, wait. He's like good friends with the guys from Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be like along the same lines as Florida Georgia Line's Holy, and lo and behold, it was. And all I have to say is, Jesus, that song is bad. 
<sighs> Always with the puns, somehow. Always with the puns. Hey, I felt I nailed that one. Enough. Stephen Wilson with uh, Eminent Sleaze. Yeah, Stephen Wilson, he is kind of expanding his sound a little bit. It's like, if you've listened to his solo albums, definitely leans more on uh, progressive rock and jazz fusion, but yeah. more and more, he has been leaning into classic pop sounds, like getting a lot of inspiration from the Beatles and especially from ABBA. And this, this song has really thrown me and the rest of Stephen Wilson's fan base an absolute curveball. And this one, it, it reminds me a little bit of like a mix of Steely Dan and Prince. Actually, now that you say that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> After listening to it the, uh, the one time today, I was like, yeah, okay. I could like, this is kind of more funky and whatnot. But now that you say Steely Dan and Prince, yeah, I can totally see it. Yeah, and already some of the more pretentious Stephen Wilson fans are kind of writing off this new sound, but I like it. I like where this new album is going, and I can't wait to hear it. It should be good, especially if you are a fan of Stephen Wilson. Definitely. Uh, kind of going down the list here, we got uh, another another Latin pop hit with Anita Megusta. Yeah, this one's with uh, Cardi B and Mike Towers as well. So she's getting the... Uh the name recognition out there by throwing Cardi B onto this track because Cardi B super popular right now. I don't know why wouldn't have anything to do with another certain song that she has. Would it possibly, but you know, the name recognition, it works and you know, I like hearing Cardi B on this song. I think, I think the song is a pretty decent one. I wish it would have been released a little earlier in the year because you know, when I think Latin pop music, I, always just think of summer yeah and i feel like this could have been a really good song to listen to during the summer but you know it's decent enough right now i like it i like it that's fair that's very fair i'll give you that one for sure uh yeah. this uh, this one is definitely up tim's alley Pasifer with the underwhelming yeah this is uh, another maynard james keenan side project so uh the guy from tool a perfect circle this is basically his solo work where he gets to really unleash his influences. And this project, it's always been a little bit hit or miss for me. But this song, I enjoy. I dig the sounds that Maynard is leaning into here. I'm curious to hear more of this potential new album. But yeah, if, um, if I had to choose between the three projects, probably a tool or a perfect circle and listen to just Pucifer at a later date. But this is a good starting point, I think, for anyone who is curious. That's fair. I'll give you that. As much as I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, okay, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, I figure since you're going into country music now a little bit more, we got to get a little bit more of that on the music meeting. So picked out Luke Combs without you. I don't know much about country, but this guy seems to be like the biggest country star right now. And he, here's his recipe for success. He's got this kind of vibe going on with all of his music that is kind of similar, but yet still a little bit different. We saw that with Even Though I'm Leaving, as well as a couple other tracks from him. And Without You fills that void as well, that exact same vibe that he brings to the table. And uh, he's got this recipe for success, and it seems to be working in his favor. It does. And every, every time I've heard Luke Combs, like, 
I like his music well enough. Like it's, it's not too bad. It's not my thing, but you know, I'm not going to hit the skip button. It if, if it ever comes up, the only thing is I find that this song in particular is almost a little too generic, even for country, but I think it'll probably be a hit in there, even though, you know, it, it don't impress me that much. We're not talking about Shania here, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Straws in the Wind. Yeah. That's a tongue twister if I've ever heard one. Oh, 100%. But this is probably one of the most prolific bands that rock music has had in a long time. They, ever since 2010, they've been releasing album after album. Like there was a, I think one year, I think 2016 or 2017, they released five albums over the course of that year. And they have literally never had a dud. Like each individual album has been given critically acclaimed. The fans all love it. Even though this band has never really done it too much for me, I think I finally had it just click in my head after listening to this song. Like it's, it's goofy. It's laid back. It's a little bit proggy. Like it sounds like something out of the seventies almost. Yeah. Yeah. I got that vibe too. Yeah. But I think this is, it's one of those songs that you could toss onto a classic station. Nobody would know that it was new, but it would still sound refreshing. I mean, just don't schedule it right next to dust in the wind. Otherwise, everybody's going to question that one. No, you like put, put it in a different hour, of course. But, you know, I think, I think it could fit in there. And speaking of classics, now we are talking about a true Canadian icon, Gord Downey. I yeah. never thought that we would get new music from him ever again. Because, well, obviously he passed away a few years ago. But... Over the course of four days in 2017, he recorded a whole double album and two songs got released from it. I just want to, while we're at this, uh, yesterday, uh, this tweet came out from at Stephen Ellis, THN. The, uh, the Tragically Hip is the worst band to ever become mainstream in Canada. Really? Yep. That uh, is... So un-Canadian? That is wrong. Ding dong, your opinion is wrong. <laughs> Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Most of them are wrong, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, really, we're talking about a country that put out... Uh, there, there are so many worse bands. Like, I really don't want to name any out loud because it's probably going to piss so many, so many of our listeners off. Um... You're, you're in too deep now. Yeah. Some 41 on that list? <laughs> no. Nope. Platinum Blonde. Trooper. Oh. Okay. I don't know if I can agree with you on the Trooper one. Trooper goes hard. And like even up to today. They a do. Few, a few years ago, they came and stopped in Lac La Biche. And they had their... Uh, their show there. That was the only show I had ever been to that in the middle of boys in the bright white sports car, they blew the power on the place. That is kind of cool. It was super fun party time. I do respect trooper, but really 
to call the tragically hip the one of the worst bands ever hit the mainstream in Canada, you are you obviously have not heard some of the bands that have come out of Canada. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Regardless, these songs from Gord Downey are excellent and stay true to his nature. Absolutely. And I don't know if this is just because of, you know, him not being alive anymore, but they have a very ghostly vibe to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was intentional when they were producing it. I think so. Yeah. But, you know, just from hearing these two songs, you know, they're not going to be hits, but this is going to be the kind of album that I think that is going to be a very rewarding listen even if it's not a frequent one. This is going to be the kind of album that I think you have to set aside some time, like break time out of your day, cut off all contact with people, put the album on either your stereo or your record player, put some headphones in, and just take it all in at once. This uh, might be one of those uh, good uh, anniversary for 1017 ones to listen to. Yeah, probably. Because that's, that's a double anniversary right there. Mm-hmm. Two years yeah. since Gord Downey passed away. Uh, or sorry, three years since Gord Downey passed away. Two years since weed was legalized in Canada. Uh, Travis Scott is uh, out with Franchise as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's all right. I, I think if you're already a Travis Scott fan, you'll really like it. I enjoy it. It's not the best Travis Scott song that I've heard. No, but it's pretty solid. Like I'll, I'll listen to it. It's, it's pretty chill. I'll, I like the vibe that's going on here. Have you heard of the latest uh, trend on TikTok? Scott, you know, I don't have TikTok, so no, but please the, tell me the Travis Scott challenge. So McDonald's came out with the Travis Scott meal, right? Which is like yeah. what he orders it like down in the States, what he orders as his signature meal. You can actually order the Travis Scott meal now. So it's just a bunch of people like going through the drive through that are like, you know what I hear for that? They blast sicko mode. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, I haven't had dinner yet and you know, it's getting kind of close to there. So I know what I'm doing. Uh, for dinner tonight oh boy uh i'm sure the mcdonald's canada employees are going to be happy with you over that one. Oh, absolutely and we got zane with a new song from him better and it's it's not bad but it's but also not great yeah i i feel like i've heard a ton of songs that sound exactly like it, it it's it's very typical very mainstream very blah at the same time yeah but you know zane has always been like the one one directioner that you know if i'm gonna listen to their solo work if i had to pick one it's it's not gonna be him it's probably going to be harry styles yeah i could see that or nile Horn. Horn. those would be the top two yeah easily but we got a new one from sia yeah she's been featured on a lot of uh soundtracks over the last couple of years and this one's no different uh from the soundtrack to music courage to change well this, this is even more than just a soundtrack like sia's sia wrote this and she directed yeah. it and oh, right yeah so this is huge for her and i think this is a great song to kind of introduce that i already have some high hopes for this and I'm excited to hear the rest of the album. Like, this is a great Sia song. It, it is fantastic. Now, the one thing I did notice on this list that you sent out uh, for this week, 
there are a lot of longer songs on this. And this uh, Sia song, clocking in at 4.53, is probably one of the longer top 40 songs that we've seen in recent memory. Yeah, but I was, I was just about to comment on that too. It's long, but it makes good use of that extra time. Like every single second is accounted for. And that piano solo that's in this one, oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you on that one. This is a great song. Uh, guaranteed there's going to be a radio edit that will probably cut out most of the piano solo. Uh, and, but still, nonetheless, it's, uh, it's, it's going to do well. Yeah, but music directors, think about having the album version on there too, just in case you need to add a little like extra minute to fill in time. Don't put in an extra song. Just put in the full version. It'll be like it'll be like when we put in After Hours by the weekend. We kept we had the six minute version in there, but it was more likely that we were going to play the four minute version. Absolutely, but it, it's good having both versions sometimes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and this is another song that really blew me away when I heard it. Chris Stapleton with cold yeah he's another one that has some sort of recipe for success like every single song he comes out with is a a chart topper no matter what it seems yeah and ever since i first started listening to him i've loved his music traveler i thought was a real breath of fresh air for country music when it came out um the two from a room albums solid country music and southern rock in there but now we have this beautiful ballad from starting over but it this is one of those albums it it transcends the genre this is yeah this is gonna be an all-time great song that it feels i'm getting like elton john and billy joel vibes from it too so do you think this one's gonna be uh maybe a little have a chance of a crossover i think it could i hear the potential in doing that and yeah, if this song were to ever come on the radio, like no matter what the station, I will listen to it. I will badly sing along to it because I don't know all the words yet. But this is, I think, probably one of my favorite songs on this whole list. And of course, this is a list stacked of stuff Tim likes. Yeah, uh, and it's weird for you to say that because for th- whenever Tim and I did actual music meetings at our jobs he was always the one that was not in favor of adding country to top 40 oh 100 percent. well because it sounded too country but this is different <laughs> just a little bit hey yeah just a little bit uh this one though staying true to this guy's uh roots springsteen is back with ghosts yeah and i i like it that's the one thing you can always count on with Bruce Springsteen though. Like even his, his newer material, it's still quality stuff. Like I find this, this song to be very uplifting. It was that good kind of nostalgic. And I have, this is, was one of the times where I actually looked up the lyrics to the song, like reading through it. I think it's about him remembering an old friend or family member who has passed on, but instead of being sad about it, just thinking about all the good times, all those positive experiences. And it just, it, it lit a, a little light in my heart. And it's, it's a good feeling here. And going back to what we were saying with the roots and stuff like that, uh, of Bruce Springsteen, he's one of those ones that if a new song comes out from him, 
there's a good chance that uh, a classic hits station or classic rock station could put it in every so often and get away with it. I remember uh, when I was working down in Medicine Hat, and I believe 2012 is when he came out with We Take Care of Our Own. We added that to our rotation down there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember hearing that on Classic Hits Radio too. But, you know, with Bruce Springsteen, again, it's that, it's that consistency there. Yeah. It's that consistent quality having like a very similar sound. Like it's, it's timeless. A hundred percent. And you can't go wrong with any Bruce Springsteen song. hundred percent. This was another one that surprised me though. Uh, the Fan- uh, Phantoms, I haven't heard any other songs from them. I found this song just because I like the cover art. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I hadn't heard any other songs from them either, but I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty, it goes back to being palatable again on mainstream radio. Yeah, exactly. I, I did, I dug up a little more info on them. Turns out it's a couple of uh, former teenage actors. They'd appeared on some Disney Channel stuff, I guess. Okay, that's starting to not surprise me less and less. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I just... Uh, when, when you think about how many like Disney Channel actors turned into singers in some way, shape, or form, or musicians in some way, uh, the number is very, very high. I know, but what really surprised me about this was that I actually liked it. Like, it's it, it holds up on its own. Like, it's it sounds like Clean Bandit minus the strings. Okay, I'll give it that. Yeah, and I could I could picture it being a hit. Maybe not a big like top ten hit, but. Easily in the top. Like a, like a secondary? Yeah. Uh, CanCon. We got to get our CanCon fit in here as well. Sean Frank with Take Me Over. Speaking of secondaries, though, like you can always count on Sean Frank for that. But not to, not to, to knock on this song, though. I love this song. It slaps hard. This is good. Yeah. Uh, I still... Uh, the one that's still, I think... One of his best is the one that he did with his girlfriend, Delaney Jane. Yeah. yeah. But but this one is up there as well. Yeah, I think this is one of my favorite Sean Frank songs that he has made so far. And, you know, if he's going to make more stuff like this, I am going to jump on that bandwagon so hard. Are those two even together anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I literally just threw that out there in hopes that it's true, but we know how uh, celebrity relationships go. Yeah, yeah. You never know. But one thing I do know is that Bastille has made the song in 2020 that we need. Yes. It's, uh, you know, when, when this all started with COVID and whatnot, working classic hits radio, you made the jokes every time coming out of a song like Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive, or Harlequin Survive, or anything along those lines. And now in 2020, we're surviving with Bastille. Yeah, but it just, it works. Again, it kind of draws back to the whole optimism thing. I hear a lot of optimism in this song, and it feels genuine. It's laid back. And, and I still like the auto-tune. It's still... I would say it's it's probably um, it's pretty mainstream, much alongside Pompeii. Yeah, yeah, but I really hope this becomes a hit. Oh yeah, I think I think it has a good chance to, nonetheless. Uh, and then the neighborhood with Lost in Translation. 
This was another song that really surprised me when I heard it because, you know, with The Neighborhood, you've heard Sweater Weather, right? It's like Everybody kind of, always thinks Sweater Weather the second they hear the words The Neighborhood. Yeah, but this song is so different. Yes, yes. And I found out why. This is a part of a concept album. The, the lead singer of this band, he has decided to have a David Bowie moment and come up with his own Ziggy Stardust. Uh, the album is going to be called Chip Chrome and the Monotones. And they wanted to go for a classic R&B vocal group sound, but they succeeded in that. I would added say so. In, added in some more popular, like kind of psychedelic stuff. I like what's going on here. I like what this album is going to shape up to be. Definitely something to check out then if, uh, if you're into that sort of thing or just want to try out something new. Yeah. And then there's trying something old with Kaigo and Donna Summer. Oh, are yeah. we are we done with Kaigo doing covers yet? Right, this is the third time. Okay, I somehow timed it. Every day, I would go to the gym, and while I was there on whatever station they decided to play. I would hear Kygo and Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It every single day. And remember when Higher Love? Yes. And that that was, okay, that one was a little bit different because Whitney Houston never released that on her own. Yeah. That was, that was her. She, it was recovered vocals that they found an audio track from her and he mixed it in and it was kind of more of a cover. This one is just the last two have just been remixes. Yeah. And ultimately this remix is pointless. It does not sound different enough to me to want to listen to it alongside the original. Like I, I played this, I played the original it's basically the same thing with a, maybe a little bit extra, you know, Kygo esque stuff in there, but it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to hear more of Kygo and not old song through Kygo filter, but even then I'm not even sure if I want to hear just original Kygo, you know what I mean? It's just original Kygo wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything special either. But was it better than what we're getting now? I can't tell you. It's it's too subjective to really come to a to a decent conclusion. Well, then should we just move on to the Stones with the Killers and Jacques Lacan with uh, Scarlet? Yes, I I really want to talk about this song. Because, Go for it, buddy. Yeah. So this is a remix of a song that was unearthed. The Rolling Stones had been holding on to this on a master tape for decades. Like, it was recorded back in 1974. This yeah. was included as a bonus track on the new deluxe version of Goat's Head Soup. It has Jimmy Page on it. Yes. And I have no clue why they didn't release this back in the 70s, because it stands out perfectly in the rest of the Rolling Stones ca- catalog. Like, it sounds like classic peak Rolling Stones. And considering how big the Stones and Jimmy Page were in 1974, yeah, this could have been like the biggest hit ever of that whole decade. But they just sat on it, and I don't know why. And then, uh, yeah, it gets unearthed in uh, 2020 and then remixed as well. Yeah, and the remix, like, it, it doesn't do much. 
but the killers and Jacques du- Lucon, they, they do something really cool with it. They add like this nice string section in here and brighten it up even more. And it makes me like it even more. You should see. Okay. Because this is going to be audio. You should see the look on Tim's face right now. He's like this schoolgirl who just found their first crush. Well, I mean, it, it's, I just like it that much, you know, as we can tell with your voice. <laughs> Yes, it's a tell. <laughs> yes, oh. it's it's great. This is the kind of stuff that I like seeing on Earth. Just great songs that just for whatever reason were shelved. But again, it shouldn't have been. It should have been released back in 1974 and we could have enjoyed like a whole like 30, 40 years of this great Rolling Stones song. Dude, it's like almost 50 already. Dude, dude, dude. And because 2020 is the gift that keeps on giving, Vin Diesel has a song. Feel like I do. It's not terrible, but also not great. Yeah, like, I I, I kind of like it. I, I kind of go back and forth on this one because, yeah. you know, it's honestly the song itself really isn't anything special. And I want to judge it not on the fact that Vin Diesel's on it, but just like on it as its own thing. As its own thing, it's no, it's nothing spectacular. But yeah, I think just the fact that it that it's Vin Diesel, it, it'll probably get some sort of hit potential that way. I can see this being making him a one hit wonder in the 2020s. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I just never thought I would say the words that Vin Diesel has a song out. Yeah, but. I'm not going to write him off completely because he has a decent enough voice. What this song has done, it's, it's made me curious to hear more. So, you know, if Vin Diesel decides to drop an album, I'm going to listen to it purely out of curiosity. Will I buy a copy? It remains to be seen, but I will stream through the whole thing just once. So which out of all of these songs has the biggest hit potential? Let's see. In terms of like actual hit potential, I want to say either Sia Courage to Change and probably Luke Combs without you. I, I'm putting, I, I'd put down the odds that those two will probably be the big ones. Uh, I would definitely agree with you on the Luke Combs side, uh, but I might switch in instead of C, I might switch in Sam Smith Diamonds or the Beebs, holy. Yeah, you know, I, I can, I, it makes sense. As much as I don't like that song, and it's not just because it's Justin Bieber, I've sort of warmed up to some of his songs. This one just isn't one of his best. These opinions are not in any particular order, and they are just that, my opinions. There is no objective facts here. Music taste is subjective, but this is just how I feel about certain things that are going on in music. It's more important to buy lesser-known artists' music than established acts right now. In the long run, most of the artists in the mainstream will probably do alright, but right now, if you want to help out the arts, your priority should be buying albums from independent artists, whether it be your local bands, or that one band that you like that you never hear anyone else talk about. You have more free time than ever right now, so spend it looking for something new, and when this pandemic is 100% over, and only then, only when it is absolutely safe to go to a concert without getting sick, Make sure you're going to small venues. You get more bang for your buck, and you'll be supporting more people along the way as well. The original version of Hurt is better. And yes, the Johnny Cash cover is good, but 
the original version on The Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails is so much better, and it is way more interesting to listen to. I have no problem with artists using autotune. It's just another tool like any other piece of equipment or software used when making music, and there are times when it adds to the sound of a song. It's no different than using a talk box or a vocoder, and it's not going away anytime soon, so you may as well find something to enjoy about it. Dark Side of the Moon is not the best Pink Floyd album. I won't deny it's a classic, but Wish You Were Here, Metal, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, and Animals are all albums from Pink Floyd that I like a lot more. Unlike a lot of other Stephen Wilson fans, I prefer his solo work to Porcupine Tree, and I'm perfectly okay with them never ever getting back together. The Incident was a perfect album to wrap up a glorious discography, and I'm glad that they could go out on a high note. It's okay to not separate the art from the artist. If an artist is problematic, I have no problem not supporting them because most of the time, there is a non-problematic artist doing something very similar to what they're doing, if not a little better. I've also noticed a large percentage of people who say we need to separate the art from the artist will also tell artists to stop being political. That's not how it works, and if you think that way, you should just assume that every band or artist is left-wing until they say otherwise. The biggest problem with rock music right now is that bands keep trying to bring the old stuff back, strip things down, or quote-unquote, go back to their roots. Rock bands need to experiment more, try new sounds, and be a lot more grandiose. And rock fans need to start going out of their way to listen to more new bands and not be so focused on the past. Classic rock is good, but it is not the be-all and end-all of great music, and I'm glad I don't think that way anymore. Also, this probably isn't much of a hot take, but Five Finger Death Punch is the worst rock band right now, and it's basically country music through a fuzz pedal. I think it's a good thing that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducts non-rock artists. Rock and roll in its most traditional form hasn't existed since the 60s, and the attitude is more important than the genre. While we're at it, the best rock and heavy metal from the 80s was the stuff that was outside the mainstream at the time. Rhapsody of Fire, Death, Manowar, Celtic Frost, Halloween, and Saxon are all more interesting than Def Leppard, Quiet Riot, Van Halen, and Poison. The best decade for heavy metal so far is the 1990s, that is the decade that bands refined the extreme sounds that were developing in the 80s to perfection, and a ton of influential metal bands and albums came out in the 90s, with those bands inspiring the best metal coming out today. Chinese Democracy was a great Guns N' Roses album on par with Appetite for Destruction. The snare drum was the best part of St. Anger. The rest of that album is a complete mess, but that snare could be great in small doses. Also, St. Anger, Death Magnetic, and Hardwired need to be remixed and remastered, and Metallica desperately needs to work with different producers and engineers on their next albums. Not every song has to be deep and serious for it to be good. It's okay for music to be fun. I know it doesn't seem to be much of a hot take, but, you know, sometimes even I take lyrics too seriously. It's okay for some bands to keep doing similar things over and over as long as they do it well. Even though I like collecting vinyl, for the most part I still prefer CDs, and I will keep collecting CDs as long as I possibly can. They're easier to take care of than vinyl, and often sound just as good. Not to mention most times a CD is much cheaper, and sometimes has more bonus tracks than vinyl. Even though it is harder to find CD players nowadays, that shouldn't be a problem because your Blu-ray player can play CDs as well. Try it out, you'll be in for a treat, especially if you have a good speaker setup in your living room. I like streaming services, but generally, I use them strictly as a tool for discovering more new music, and I will usually listen to music in a physical format when I'm listening to it at home. It might be just me, but I miss smooth jazz on the radio. It was nice having an easy way to just flip over to some relaxing music whenever you needed it, and one day I want to figure out how to fill that void in the radio that smooth jazz left behind, but maybe make it more open and accessible. I don't think the album will ever die as a format. 
Some artists have been saying for years that they plan to just release singles or EPs at one point or another, and yet albums still keep coming out. However, I do think that Greatest Hits albums will become a thing of the past very soon. TikTok and all short-form videos that are out on the internet are serving the same purpose that ringtones did for music back in the mid-2000s. And there is also no such thing as the perfect song length. And I don't think attention span affects it as much as people think. Yes, some songs appear to be getting shorter, but people forget that songs that were below 3-minute runtimes have always been around. They were around a lot more often back in the days of early rock and roll, like around the 50s and 60s. A lot of super short songs around there. And sometimes a song just needs two minutes to make its point. Some need three, some need five, and some even more. But if you refuse to listen to a song just because it has a long runtime, you're really missing out. I legitimately have a bad attention span, and if I can regularly sit through songs over 10 minutes long and actively listen to them, so can you. Lyrics to a song are better when they aren't spoon-feeding you the actual message of it. I would rather spend time re-listening to it, coming to my own conclusions, rather than have the meaning just shoved down my throat. If you want to send a message, send an email. But if you want to make art, don't be so direct. I am also okay with a lack of storytelling in music these days, too. Contemporary Christian music is the worst. I've heard enough of it and seen behind the scenes of how it's made enough to know that it actively discourages creativity and learning any more than the basics, and often most of the instruments on stage are there just for show. I also strongly dislike how it's only there just to praise God rather than genuinely explore faith. If you're going into the music industry, always keep the rights to your masters and negotiate your contracts. Don't be afraid to lawyer up. I'm also happy with artists telling people to look after the environment and use their platform to talk about important issues. Just because you have to participate in problematic parts of a system doesn't make you a hypocrite for wanting to change those things. And they're probably doing more than you to make things better, so if you want them to shut up, then do something to make things better instead of just complaining. I think the Bad Wolves did a terrible job covering the Cranberries. Their version of Zombie is just too macho for my tastes. There is a lot of Canadian music that I like, but there is also a lot more that I think isn't anything special or doesn't try hard enough to be original. And I think that after this pandemic is over, the Canadian government and the CRTC needs to find new ways of not only giving incentive to promote new talent, but also keeping that talent in Canada instead of having them just go to the US as soon as they get a whiff of international success. And on top of that, there needs to be more incentives for artists outside of Canada to tour around more of the country as well. Sampling is a perfectly fine thing to do in music, and it's just as valid a skill as playing any other instrument. Name dropping in songs is cheesy as hell, DJ sets do nothing for me in a live or festival setting, but I'll gladly listen to one online or on the radio anytime. While Kiss isn't anywhere close to being my favorite band, I do think they made some pretty cool contributions to music, mainly in the larger-than-life image and theatrical performances, along with a few great songs, but there were a lot of bands that came after them that were much better. Thanks for bearing with me and checking out this episode. And subscribe to The Tim Gavin Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review me where you can, and like the podcast on Facebook. Links in the show notes along the way with all my sources, music credits, and further listening as well. Additional production for The Music Meeting by Scott Mitchell. I'm Tim Gavin, and I'll talk to you next time.